0: Thank <music> Wasn't that a beautiful piano solo that she gave us this morning? Thank God for Gloria who plays the piano for us so faithfully on Sundays, and it's such a blessing. God painted a picture, and he called it the world. Wow, what a blessing it is. Shall we just say a word of prayer? Father, we're so dependent on you this morning in a special way this morning, not having A regular preparation time, Lord. I just commit it to you and pray that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us today on every word that is spoken. It will totally be of you. It will touch our hearts. It will convict us. It will draw us closer to you, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that in all that is said and done, Lord, that you will hide me behind your cross and and speak through the word and, and just be. Be with each one who is here this morning to hear the word and all those who are listening by way of the computer and all those out of town and and sick and unable to be with us, Lord. Please be with them and bring them back. And we just pray for Hugo and Kathleen and their family that everything will be okay and we'll see them next time, Lord. And so we just commit this time to you and pray for your leading and guiding in Jesus' precious name. Amen. What an amazing thing, amazing thing. I was here this morning and I was thinking, you never really know what's going to happen, do you? The Bible says that we don't know. It says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. And it's true, and you get up in the morning and you go to work and you don't know what's going to happen in your day, but thanks be to God that he's with us in all that we do in life and we can truly be thankful for that. And one thing to keep in mind, I'm going to ask you a question. Who is the boss of your life? Who's the boss? Who's in charge? I direct you to the words behind me. Jesus Christ is Lord. When we get saved in our lives, we take all our own authority, we take our own will... We take all our plans, ambitions, everything we ever wanted in life, and we submit it to the will of God and to His authority, to His plan for our life, knowing that He orders things, He directs things in our life. It doesn't happen by accident or by chance. God is in charge of our lives. He has the ultimate authority. He has set up earthly authorities to put over us for our good and for His glory. He knows the human heart from our littlest days, as growing up as babies, toddlers, infants. We have a rebellious spirit. We rebel against God. We rebel against our parents. We rebel against all authority. And God knows what it's going to take to bring us to Jesus Christ, to accept Him as our Lord and Savior, and to say, Lord, You're now the boss. You take over my life. I've been driving the car. I've been steering the ship. I've been piloting the plane all my life, and all I've done is crashed and burned. And that's what we do without the Lord, don't we? We crash and we burn. We realize we can't do it on our own. We try, and the harder you try to do it in yourself, to please God and to to be a good person, it doesn't work. The Lord Jesus knew that, that's why he came down to die for us, because he knew we were sinners, and as hard as we would try to please God and to be good enough for heaven, it wasn't going to work. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't achieve his standard of perfection. And so Jesus came down as the perfect God, perfect God-man, and he died for our sins on the cross, so that by accepting him into our life, we take Him as our Lord, as our master, as our boss, and we say, Lord, you take over. You take the control. And anyone here who knows the Lord and has submitted to his authority in their life can never say, oh, I I wish it was different. Because the Lord knows the best for our life. He knows what buttons to push. He knows how to direct us and what to do in our life. A lot of people say, who's going to be the next president of the United States? Who's going to be that one who's in the Oval Office and is the commander-in-chief and the leader of the free world? Who's it going to be? God knows. And guess what? Not only does he know, but he is directing it in such a way as the man of his own choosing will be the leader will be the president. That's why we don't have to fret or worry or get upset when things happen in the world today. Because the Lord is with us. He has everything under control, and he's directing his will in our lives. And so today we're going to look at the subject of God's authority. God's authority in our life. You know, if you've got a problem with authority, don't take it up with your pastor. Don't take it up with your boss. (coughs) Take it up with the Lord. Because that's where it starts. If you don't submit to his authority and accept Jesus as the Lord of your life, that you're going to have trouble with your boss. You're going to have trouble with your school teacher, your counselor. You're going to have trouble with your president. You're going to have trouble with the mayor and the governor and the city council and all the leaders and people that God has put over you. But when you submit to God's authority then you're going to submit to all the other governing authorities that God gives. That's just the way it is. Let's read together from Romans chapter 13, the first four verses. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 to 4, tells us where authority comes from and how it's established by God. Romans 13 and verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. For if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. May God bless the reading of his word today. We're going to talk about three, three things today. Number one, submit to authority. Number two, and there's another tough part, obey the authority. Obey authority. And number three, W, willingly. Willingly. That's what it's all about. S-O-W, sow. And the Bible tells us, whatever you sow, you shall also reap. So that's what it's all about in our lives. And you know, we're on display as, as people today, as Christians today. The Lord is watching us, the angels are watching us, unsaved people are watching us, other Christians are watching us, and they're going to see what kind of a life that we have. Do we have a submissive spirit? Do we have an obedient spirit, and do we do it willingly? So many times today, it reminds me of that little story of the little boy in class, and he stood up and he was having a tantrum, and the teacher said, Johnny, you sit down. And he was still having a tantrum he was in shauna's class or or adam's class it would be pretty bad though if it was their age right and he was just having this tantrum. so finally the teacher says if you don't sit down i'm going to keep you after school i'm going to call your parents and you're going to be in real trouble so then finally he sat down and then he had this really bad look on his face and the teacher said to him what's wrong johnny he says well i sat down but I didn't stand down with my heart, sit down with my heart. He did not have that a th- submission to authority, obedience to authority. Sometimes we can do it, but we don't do it willingly. And so God wants us to have a willing spirit to obey him in everything that we do. So first authority that God places over our lives is his authority. His authority. He chooses what's best for us. He knows what's best for us. He gives us the best thing. But if we don't submit to God's plan and authority, if we don't accept His will, then we step out of His will and choose for ourselves. That didn't help Lot, did it? Remember when Abraham came to Lot and he said to him, we need to part from each other because we have so many servants and so many livestock here. We need to divide the land. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. You choose, Lot. And it said, Lot lifted up his eyes, and he looked at Sodom, and he looked at that land around Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was a well-watered land. And he said, hmm, that looks good to me. I'm going to choose that. And how did that work out for you, Brother Lot? It didn't work out at all. In fact, it worked out so bad that he mixed in with the world in Sodom and Gomorrah to such an extent of an evil place where there was homosexuality, there was sin. Sodomy, that's where it comes from, the the term. And God had to send his angels down to bring him and his family out of that horrible environment, and then he destroyed that city. Lot did not make a good choice. Lot is a picture of a carnal believer who sees for his own self, wants his own way, wants his own will. It doesn't work in the spiritual life. We have to choose God's way. We have to let him choose for us. And that's what Abraham did. Because he let God choose for him, he got the land of Canaan. He became a pilgrim and a sojourner on this earth where he looked to the Lord for everything, and the Lord provided for Abraham and gave him a son, and we know his name is Isaac, and through Isaac, later on, came the Messiah, and the Lord blessed Abraham so much, all because Abraham submitted to God's own authority. He submitted to that authority, and submission is a very hard thing to do. Now, you ladies know when you get married, right? You're called upon to obey your husband and to submit to his authority. Now, many women don't want that. In fact, they've taken it out of many of the vows today. They've taken it out. They don't want to obey in there. They don't want anything about submission. Submission is something that's good for us to submit to God's will, to submit to God's authority and to the authorities He's put over us. Do you know that He's given us three wonderful elders in this church? Mike, Adel is our elder and senior pastor, and Bill, these men love us they care for us, they pray for us, and sometimes they have to correct us, and sometimes it's not easy when they correct us, but it's for our good. It says in the scripture, a wise man, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, and deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You know, your enemy can come up and kiss you and and say how great a person you are, but in their hearts they're your enemy. They hate you. But I would rather have somebody correct me, rebuke me, than I would have somebody flatter me and tell me everything is, is great when it's not. We need God's authority. So he's put in the church elders to be the authority. And guess what happens? Some people rebel against that authority. They rebel against that authority. It's the church's fault. It's the elders' fault. No, it starts in our hearts. It's our fault. We need to submit to the Lord's authority and we need to submit to the authority of our elders. And when we do that and we realize that that authority comes from God, we're going to have peace in our lives. We're going to have joy in our lives. Things are going to be smoother in our lives when we submit to that authority. But if we're going to fight against it and we're going to be hardened against it, it's not going to work. We can all relate to it. We can all relate to it because we've all been kids and we've all had kids that we're raising kids and it's, you've got to break that will. You've got to break that will. So many people today are against spanking. They're against correcting our kids. No, we need it. The Bible says we need it. It says when you discipline a child, it's for their good. It's, it's showing that you love them and it's good for us to have that authority. But when the Lord rebukes us, when when he corrects us, he wants us to submit to it. And that is the hard part. Submission. Submission. You go out into your workplace and you've got to submit to the authority of the boss. There's one boss and the rest are here. But nowadays, so many people have an authority problem that... This is why the workplace is in chaos sometimes because they don't want to submit to the boss. I mean, the boss tells you, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Here's the goals, here's the plans. I don't want to do it. I don't like my boss. I don't like what he's telling me to do. I think I could do it better. It doesn't matter if you think you could do it better. Maybe you could do it better, but God has placed an authority over you as your boss and he wants us to have that kind of submission to that. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. There's some beautiful verses. Ed's going to put them on the, on the board, Ephesians chapter 6. And this is a challenge for us because sometimes the boss isn't always around. And the question is going to be, do I submit to the boss's authority and do my job and do it well just when he's looking or when she's looking, when she's around? Here's what the Bible says. It gives us the challenge of it. It says in verse 5 of chapter 6 of Ephesians, Bond servants be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of your heart as to Christ. In other words, when you submit to your boss's authority and you submit to them and you obey them, you're doing it as unto Christ. You're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the Lord and you're doing it For his glory. And then it says, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. You know, people look at our lives, as I mentioned, and if you get chewed out by the boss, and you get in trouble... And somebody listens to that and they say, wow, look how he took that. Look how she took it. That person took it willingly and they didn't fight back and they didn't argue. People notice these things. They really do. The boss notices these things because there is that that issue. People want to fight. They want to rebel. They want to protest. I mean, you look at the world today, there's protests everywhere. The masses, they're always protesting, rebelling against that authority. Sometimes you might see a bumper sticker and it's out there and it really saddens me when I see it, but it's question authority. Wow, that's where I grew up. I grew up in the 60s. I was born in the 50s, grew up in the 60s and the 70s, and that's all that was going on during that time. We called it the hippie era, we called it the flower child generation, all this kind of stuff, but what it was is people were rebelling against authority. And these same people that were young people then, now they've grown up and they're still rebelling against authority. People are still rebelling against God's authority and the authority of people around them, whether it's against the police officers or against the president, the government, the officials that we have. God wants us as Christians to have a submissive spirit, an obedient spirit, so that what the authority tells us to do, we do it. The only line that we have to draw in that is if the authority ever told you to do something that was against God's will, against God's word, then we choose to obey God. Then we choose to obey God. That's what Peter said to the Jewish authorities when they arrested Peter and John. And he says, whether we should obey men, you be the judge, but we are going to obey God. That's what he said, we will obey God rather than men. And the Lord wants us to have that submissive spirit. It's not easy. Believe me, I relate to it. All of us relate to it. It's not an easy thing to submit. And especially to submit to a boss or someone who is very harsh, very hard to get along with. And there are people out there today. They're on an ego trip. They're, they're, they're thinking they're the big cheese. That they're a, they're, They think they're a big fish, but really they're a little fish. And, they're, and they have this... This problem. If you look over at 1 Peter, and it tells us exactly this way, and it it really convicts us because it shows that some of these bosses they're not easy to deal with, and the and the Lord knows that, and He still tells us to submit to that authority. First Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. It says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, and not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Now, we may have harsh bosses. We may have harsh teachers. We may have harsh authorities that people put over it. Does that give us the license to disobey, to say I'm not going to do it, to rebel? No, it doesn't. In fact, It makes us more humble and to think, God has placed this really hard person over me. I'm going to submit to it. And you know what? When you submit to it and you stop struggling and you just yield it to the Lord, then he makes even that boss seem to be easier to get along with. He really does. Because you know the more you fight it, the harder it's going to be. But thank God for his authority that he places over us in our lives. It's for our good. And like I said, for our good and for his glory. So the first point is submit. 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 Submit to the authority. And before it's an action, it's an attitude. Before it's an action, it's an attitude. You've got to have a submissive spirit. If you don't have a submissive spirit, you're not going to do it. Remember the story of the two sons where the Lord told the parable of the two sons? He came to the first son and he said to him, go work in my field today. And the son said, sure, I'll do it. He was the older son. He didn't do it. He said yeah 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 i'll do it i'll do it i'll be out there i'm with you i'll be right there sure went back to watching tv doing video games on the computer or whatever young people do right of course they didn't have it in those days but in our days to bring it closer to home went back to doing what they wanted to do he came to the second son the second son was a younger son he was more of a rebellious son he says i'm not going to go I'm not going to go. I want to have my friends. I want to have a party today. I want to do this. I want to do that. But he got convicted. He started, he felt it in his heart. He says, no, I can't. I can't. Dad's counting on me. I got to go out. And he probably knew his brother wasn't going to do it, right? So he goes out and he does not And it says afterwards, it says he regretted it and he went. And that is a picture of salvation because, on the one hand, you've got one person who says, Yeah, yeah, I'm religious. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, all of that. But they don't accept Him in their life as their boss, as their authority to accept Him as their Lord and Savior. On the other hand, some people are rebellious, by nature we all are, and don't want it. Says, No, I'm not going to receive Him into my life. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And then comes the day when all of a sudden the light bulb goes off I'm a sinner. I'm rebelling against God. God loves me. What am I doing here? I'm living my life for myself. I'm sinning against a holy God. And you come to him and you accept his free gift of eternal life. You believe that he died for you on that cross and you accept him. You accept his authority and you say, thank you, Lord. Now look what you've done. And he takes that old life that we had and he makes it a new life and gives us a new boss, a new master. And that is the most beautiful thing you can have the picture in the Old Testament was if you were a Jewish uh, man and you had a, a, a servant who was a Jewish servant, and he worked for you, right? For seven years, he worked for you. And he worked for you in your house. And then during that seven years, he got married, he had kids, and he's, he's serving you for seven years. Time is up. You're free. You can go free. But he says, no, I don't want to go free. I love my master." I love my wife, I love my kids, I'm going to stay here. And so the master would go to the doorpost and he would take what they called an awl and he would put a little hole in that person's ear. And that person meant that I have decided to follow my master the rest of the way. I'm going to live here, I'm going to submit to his authority, I'm going to serve him for the rest of my life. You can put the proof right there. What's the proof in your life? Do people see the proof in your life that you belong to Jesus Christ? That he's the authority of your life? That you're living for him and not for yourself? And you're going to do it. I mean, you look around us today and all the families that have problems, whether it's divorce, kids are rebelling, all of these things, it all stems from the heart of man, the sinful heart of man. And when that sinful heart of man is changed by Christ, it makes all the difference. Now that same young person who was rebelling, is submissive. That same person who didn't want to do it God's way is doing it God's way. And that's the blessing of his life. So it's to submit, and secondly, it's to obey. To obey. You know, that word obey, people don't like it. They don't like submit either, but they don't like the word obey. They really don't. I don't like the word obey. Nobody likes it, but we do it. And when we do it from our hearts and we obey God, we leave the consequences to Him. You know, Charles Stanley, on his messages, he always concludes it with, Obey God and leave the consequences to Him. And you know, if you live your life that way, you'll never have any regrets. You'll have no fears or worries about it at all because you're going to say, I'm going to obey God no matter what happens. I'm going to do God's will. I'm going to raise my kids for Christ. I'm going to do God's will. I'm going to read His Word. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to obey Him. I'm going to do it His way. Frank Sinatra said, I did it my way. That was the song he sang, I did it my way. Well, it didn't work for Frank Sinatra, and it's not going to work for me, and it's not going to work for you. We can't do it our way. We have to do it God's way, and that's submit and obey. Submit and obey. And we submit first to him, we obey him first, and then all the other leaders that he has against, uh, over us in our lives. It shows God's love and favor when he puts the authority over us in our lives. He knows Dean needs a harsh boss right now in his situation. He needs somebody right now. We're going to see the real person, How is he going to behave? And that's the key to it in life, how we're going to respond. And he puts us under these difficult circumstances. He brings adversity in our lives. But when we surrender to the Lord and obey him, we're going to be blessed. We just studied in Scripture memory class about two men today, right? The wise man and the foolish man. The wise man built his house on the rock. And when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew... It beat against that house, but it didn't fall. It held firm because it was founded on the rock. And that rock is Jesus Christ. If we build our our house, our life, our family, everything on the rock, on Jesus Christ, we're going to be so incredibly blessed and encouraged. But if we're like the foolish man that builds our house on the sand, those same That same rain's going to come, that same flood's going to come, that same uh, wind is going to blow, but it's going to fall down flat because it's built on the sand. We sang it in that hymn this morning, On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground, sinking sand. You look in the world today, the ground is sinking around us. People are sinking, they're lost, they're hopeless, they don't have Christ. We have to be an example of and show those what it means to be a Christian. What it means to be a Christian, to submit to God's authority, to submit to the authority around us, what it means to yield our will to Him when we want something so bad, and yet we know it's not God's will to have it, and yet we want it, and we say, Lord, no, I would rather have Your will than to get this thing that I've always wanted for myself. And you know what happens when you do that? When you submit, and when you obey, and when you do it willingly... God gives you something so much greater and better than you ever had before. You thought you wanted this, it's like this, and God gives you this big, big, big thing. He does that because He knows what's best for us. We can have so many couples in our church today that could tell you stories about how they had a certain person in mind they wanted to get married to. I want to have this kind of person, and they're going to look like this, and they're going to act like this, and this. And then God gives them somebody totally different. Somebody they never thought of before. And then they say, Lord, thank you. And I didn't marry that other person. I married your choice. And that's why the couples are happy. And that's why they're growing. And that's why we see it in our church so much. And I get encouraged by every wedding I attend because everyone has a story. And when you submit to God, he gives you the best. He gives you the best. You can have your choice, but it's not going to be the best. Good, better, or best. But when we leave it to God, He gives us the best. He really does. So submit. Submit to authority. Obey authority and do it willingly. Okay, this is the tough part. You've already said to submit. That's hard enough. Have a submissive spirit to be submissive. And then you said to obey in everything. God, our leaders at church, our bosses be submissive be obedient and now you're going to tell me how to do it willingly that's where it all comes down to that's where the will is about our will is so strong and if it doesn't break it's not going to work it, our will has to break so that he can have his way in our life it's painful there was a book and Bill knows it very well we read it years ago it's a good book to read again Calvary road Calvary road it talks about the eye The capital I, there it is. I, me, I'm in control. That I, it's stubborn. It has to be broken and that I does not want to break. It doesn't want to break. It takes a lot to break. But the Lord in his power and authority can bring that I into a sea for Christ. It takes painful though. It's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to be easy to yield our will to him and do it willingly and say, Lord, do it in me. But in the end, the result is fantastic. When I had that broken elbow, remember a few years ago in the softball game, most painful thing I ever had was not even breaking the elbow or after the aftermath. It was painful. The most painful thing I went through in that whole situation was the physical therapy. And get this, I only went to one session of physical therapy. (laughs) That's all I needed was the one, I guess. Oh, so I went into that doctor, and it was a lady doctor. She was a physical therapist. I said, great, I'm looking forward to the rehab so I can get back to playing softball and back to running and all of those things. And so she said, okay, uh, it's gonna hurt a little bit. I said, okay, all right, all right. So she took my, my elbow, and it was my left arm, fortunately, but she took that elbow, and I couldn't even bend it at that point. I could not straighten it, it was about like this she took that arm and she started bending. And the tears started to come, and it was the worst pain I ever felt in my life. But guess what? By doing that and then going home and, as we say, religiously doing the rehab that I needed to do with the dumbbells and all the things that I did, now I can. it's perfectly straight. I never notice it. It doesn't hurt me anymore. It's like it never happened. All because I submitted to it. I submitted to it, and even though that rehab was painful, and she bent that back as far as almost like that, and it hurt. It hurts in our Christian life, the discipline, the correction, the submission to authority. It's not easy, but it's the best for us. Afterwards, it says, read, Ed, you can put up this one too, Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12 talks about this, about the wonderful benefits of willingly submitting to the authority and the discipline that God has for our lives. We notice in verse uh, 7 through 11, Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 11, uh, Hebrews 12, I should say, 7 through 11, good, he's fast. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, or discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now here's the key. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. God knows what we need. He brings into our lives what we need so we can grow and so we can learn. At the process, at the time, it doesn't seem joyful, but sorrowful. But afterwards, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. He's not concerned so much right now what's going on. He's looking at the after, what we're going to be after we've gone through the trial, after we've gone through the affliction, after we've submitted to the authority and done all of that. It says the peaceable fruit of righteousness when we have that submissive spirit and we submit when we have that obedient spirit and we obey and when we do it willingly we will come through it stronger better Christians, and that is that is for sure that is for sure he has a plan he has a purpose he's allowing the pain he's allowing the discipline he's allowing the authority over us for our good And we can thank God for his ultimate authority because when we say, Lord, I'll obey you, I'll submit to you, I'll do it. But you know that, boss, I can't. It's too hard. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have all the principles of the Scripture. We can do it. We can. We can submit. But it starts with submitting to the Lord It starts to accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because this message today, if you don't go to square one and get past that, it's not going to work. You're not going to be able to submit to to God. You're not going to be able to submit to man. You're not going to be able to submit to anybody or respect that authority fully and completely unless you first bow the knee to Jesus Christ. Accept him into your life. He has the best life for you. He knows what's best for you. Let's not rebel against him. Let's accept him into our lives. Shall we go to the Lord in a word of prayer? Father, we're just so thankful today for this subject because I had it on my heart for quite a while now, and I just thank you, Lord, that you brought it forth today at the needed time. And I pray, Lord, that all of us will submit to your authority, that we'll obey your authority and we'll do it willingly, Lord, we'll not fight against your will, but accept it. And Lord, you've placed authorities over us from our elders to our our parents and to our teachers and to our bosses, Lord. And you're using them to teach us and train us also, Lord. Help us to submit to their authority, to yield to their authority also, Lord. Please help us to be humble. Please help us to have a teachable spirit, Lord, and to allow you to have your way in our lives. Help us to say yes to you and no to ourselves. Help us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow you. And we just thank you and praise you for all you've done for us today. In Jesus' name, amen.